Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Savanya Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. While Doris hid from the pyramid and planned the Friendship Festival, the rest of the coterie dealt with the fallout from the fight with Harvey. Evangelina dressed an angry group of conspiracists at the night church. Val reluctantly let Will borrow Cherry for the night. And Everett was ordered to undergo therapy with HR rep Val Miller. Will this distracted coterie be able to stop the VH drug from entering New Haven? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Evangeline, you have been trying to talk this crowd down for a while now. You've answered questions, you've been very reasonable, and we've hit that climactic moment of what do the dice say about your level of success of calming down this crowd? Oh, no. Um, Can you roll me? I would accept manipulation if you are trying to manipulate them, or just charisma if you're just trying to persuade them of what you know to be the truth. I would say, like, charisma and persuasion. Great. Let's lean into that then. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That's one. How is that only two successes? Only two successes. (laughs) I fucking like seven dice. All right. The crowd is not pleased. Uh, They are (laughs) less furious than they would have been if you had like shit the bed entirely. But... Uh, they are still grumbling, uh, unhappy, clearly going to go. But the thing that you were aware of is if you want to try to get back before this therapy session is over and the interview starts, you got to get out of here uh, yep. and get back there. So what is your well, exit strategy? I can strategy? just text them, right? Yeah, you could. I can just text Sheriff Fry. Yep. We got cell phones now, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you, uh, so do you Evangeline... want to text him in front of the crowd, or what's your? No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm trying to make Jeez. clear. <laughs> Take the phone out. <laughs> Imagine just holds up a finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You no. also have a radio. You are a sheriff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, she leaves the crowd. It's like, I thank you. You're a sheriff's you are... officer. Sorry, my brain was going to explode if I just stopped on you. Oh. Are a sheriff. You're not the sheriff. You are a sheriff's officer. <laughs> yeah. So uh, as she's leaving the crowd, she's like, thank, thank you, everyone, for, for taking the time to, to listen and, and hear me out. We really, really appreciate it. Um, please. And you just hear jeers and a couple of boos. And Sister Kurt at the back is just mouthing, I'm sorry at you so intensely. Mm-hmm. Please, come, please come by the station um, and to, to talk to us more if you have any specific concerns. Thank you. And and she gets in the car, and she'll she'll drive like around the block to like the nearest like parking lot of some fast food restaurant. <laughs> and uh, let me see if I've got one on my list. Just ooh. a second, because people send me a lot of business names from our wonderful Patreon. 
You stop next to Jason's Food and Stuff. <laughs> oh, I love that place. Is the stuff just blood? This is a great question. Is the stuff just blood? What are the it, top three meals on the drive through screen that you can see that are the big hits at Jason's Food and Stuff? <laughs> it's, it's, it's human food, human food special. What blood. is the picture of human food? What does it look like? Um, it's like, it's like a Happy Meal box kind of thing, but with like a weird, like sideways J on the top. So you don't know what's in it. It doesn't specify what's in it. <laughs> oh no. I like it. It's clearly like it run by a kindred. Nah, I don't trust this <laughs> shit at all. Yeah. Jason, what are you doing? <laughs> by, by a very old kindred. <laughs> Alrighty. So you, you are parked in... In the parking lot of Jason's Food and Stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll try calling uh, uh, Everett first. Unfortunately, Everett is in a therapy session, so his phone is off. Um, right. Okay. Call Barty. Oh. Hey, Barty. Uh, Evangeline here. Um, Why aren't you on the radio? <laughs> well, because I didn't. I didn't want to disturb anyone else who was going to be on this channel. Oh, okay. It's a personal matter. I don't have any more information no. about the chair. I'm so sorry. I didn't it's... mean to lie to you. Yeah, I know. This is this happened the last time I called Bernie. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why I expect things to be different. I'm a very consistent man. Um, uh, we can't let the sheriff do the interview. It's a setup. What do you mean? There's this weird conspiracy going around about vampire slavery ring or something. But but Vinland von Kindred's already here. He's waiting. If I throw him out, it's going to look weirder. Um. What do I do? Okay. You're the PR expert. Can he hear you, what you're saying? I don't know. He might be able to hear some sounds through the door, but I'm not mic'd up or anything. It's all sort of muffled. Okay. Do you hear me swear in here a lot when you're in the office? You don't. No, I, no, I don't. Okay, then he probably can't hear me. Fuck. Um. <laughs> all right. I'll call in with the nine one one. You just make sure that you answer the phone, and we'll get everyone out of there. Okay. But why isn't Troy answering the phone? He normally does that. Tell Troy to go to the bathroom. I don't know. All right. I'll tell Troy to take a shit, and then I'll answer the nine one one call. Okay. This we're gonna fool this Vinland. That guy's a. I hate him. Yeah. Nobody fools this fucking department. And he hangs up. All right. And Ev Evangeline's going to give him like 20 seconds to get in place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me, let me do a roll. Oh. <laughs> okay. When you're ready, make your call. Oh, and Evangeline dials 911. Hello. Wait, no, uh, take a shit, take a shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, got, I got say. a fucking peg leg. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> okay, I'm going. I'm sorry, whoever this is. I hope you're not dying. Uh, hello, this is this is the daytime sheriff answering the nighttime phones because I've only got one leg and my partner's taking a shit. 
watch out. Ben Lerman Kendrick can hear me. <laughs> he whispers into the headset. <laughs> yeah. Just, just say, all you have to do is just say, okay. All you have to do is just say, okay. I didn't say repeat after me. What are you doing? You said just say, and then you said more no. words. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Oh, Jesus. There's Can been a murder? Oh, no, that's... That, okay, this is worse. He thinks there's been a murder Just now. say not a murder. Oh, not a murder. That's good. Can you just say, what's the address? What's the address? And then just say, okay, we'll send the, a squad car there immediately. Okay, I'll send a squad car there immediately. Okay, now say it's going to be okay or something, and then... It's it's going to be okay or something, uh, and then he hangs up on you. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> what? <sighs> and you are left in your squad car, praying that that worked. <laughs> Meanwhile, jumping back in time, Val, you finally steeled yourself to go have... A, a combo therapy lesson slash how to control your beast session with the sheriff. <laughs> He's the only one in the office. Barty is in his side room. You, you know that Barty's there. Uh, this canonically cannot take place in the office itself. So where do you take Everett to have this conversation? I'm planning on taking Everett in the basement. I Perfect. don't know what else is in the basement besides coffins, if anything. Coffins, there's some storage shelves. It's a pretty pretty empty storage space just lit overhead from some fluorescent lighting. So you take him down there. How do you set up your therapy space? What does it look like for you? Mm. Well, I think Val's preferred therapy space would have something that is punchable that is not going to be a problem if it gets destroyed. <laughs> it would be like some metal or something that that is potentially punchable. <laughs> Okay, so there are two coffins against the wall where they normally are on the far yep. side for sleeping. There are the storage lockers, and you set up two metal folding chairs and a folding table that is obviously kind of smashable in a very WWE sense. Again. The table is to the side. It is not between the two of you. You were just on folding chairs. So yep. by, you're both here. There are chairs, Everett, that have been set up. Val, do you sit down? Do you stand? What's your plan? I think Val... Starts standing and like slightly dips, like maybe I should sit, but then stands, but then looks at Everett. <laughs> like, how is Everett, how is he vibing in this situation? I think she's trying more to read him of like, what, what is he doing with, the, with himself and his body in this situation? Everett is sitting in a chair with his arms crossed and his legs crossed. Uh, and he's just watching Val kind of pace a little, start to sit, consider it. He's just watching Val move through the space. <laughs> well, she will finally sit in this very radly. I'm sure this chair is not solid. It's got to sure be it's tilty. It's yep. terrible. <laughs> Val. <laughs> <laughs> Can you roll me? A dexterity. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna be and here much longer. Streetwise. And streetwise. Sure, 
Sure can. I am so uncomfortable. I'm literally like trying to make my body <laughs> as small as possible, like hide. Only two fives, but only one success. Almost hmm. made it, but just one. Uh, you sit down and your heavier body breaks the chair. <laughs> great, great. So Belle. you just smash straight to the floor. Great. <laughs> Bell smashes down to the floor, then gets up, fuck, and then punches the table that she set up to be forever <laughs> The table Ever- is now broken. You smash straight through it. Ever just standing now, you know, <laughs> just seeing you drop. He's like, oh, and then obviously you spring back up and destroy a table. So he's like, well, she is probably fine. Uh, do you want, do you want this one? No, just, uh, and then Val moves over to one of the coffins and drags it like, <laughs> <laughs> so she has something to sit on, just drags the corner of it, and then we'll sit on the, the coffin so she can sit in the chair, and she can sit on the side of the coffin, and they can sit there. So, uh, I don't suppose you know how this kind of thing goes. No, I don't, I don't fucking know anything. Is there anything that would fucking help you that I can, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Val, can you roll me a either a wits and awareness if you're trying to recall the lessons that Sheriff Cross taught you, or an intelligence and investigation if you're trying to think over the way you have had more steely control than him and kind of scientifically put it together? Yeah, uh, I think it's going to, did you say investigation and intelligence? Yep. Yeah, because I don't, I think she's trying to not think about Sheriff Cross while looking at him. So I think it's more like, okay, what works for me? I'll I'll do that. Ooh, that's two successes. Two successes. Okay, you know from your history of vampirism, because you are much more familiar with these things, and you have had to use frenzies to your advantage in the past. Um, Frenzies are slightly different than traditional kind of messy success or bestial failure. Frenzies are losing complete control to the beast, but there is the option of what they call riding the wave, which is... The you as kind of the vampire can steer what is happening during a frenzy. It's still terrible and violent, but essentially you accept that you are going to do terrible things, so then you get to be in the driver's seat as long as it stays terrible. Mm-hmm. You would undoubtedly have used that in multiple combat scenarios where you were in serious trouble. So that's definitely something that can be taught. So I would say that the theory that you would come up with, or that you one of the many, because whatever you would come up with otherwise, I'm just going to throw a hint out there if there's yeah, something yeah, you're yeah. looking for. Because uh, we're Calvin balling the rules if this is ever going to work anyways. <laughs> but <laughs> knowing that he has had these kind of like frenzies or compulsions with his failures, and he's expressed a few different ones. Like you've seen one. You've mainly seen dominance. But he might be able to steer it towards something that is more easily controlled than not. But you don't know all of the compulsions that have popped up yet right, right. to be able to try to figure out what his best option is of the stuff that he seems to keep circling back to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, all right. Like, so when you have those moments and the beast takes over, what, what does it feel like for you? Like, what is happening? Generally, I just feel angry in the moment, like, like righteous anger. Uh, every time I look back on it, though, it seems so stupid, childish, you know, and so 
unlike how I try to run a case or or an investigation. It's not how I try to do things. It's like another guy. Uh, I would say mostly anger. I'm, maybe I'm always angry, but I, it's like... It's like nothing else matters but the anger, I guess, in those moments. Yeah, well, I get that. I think uh, it can feel like there's somebody else inside, but but I mean, it's it's part of you now. So, so it's always on some level, really, really me. I guess it's more of like a fucking philosophical question, but for me, it's like, you know, when you get in trouble or someone's threatening you, it's like, it protects you, you know? Well, I'd like to see that happen with me sometime. Just feels like it gets me and us in more trouble. Well, I, I guess so, but if you're thinking like it's a different person, like it's not you and how you don't want to handle the situation, that's probably making it worse. Part of it is just knowing when you feel that, you're not going to stop feeling that until it runs itself out. So whatever hurt you can do or whatever snap decision, if you, you know... If you work with it, it's easier than fighting yourself. Work with it? Just what? Let it happen? I I can't I can't do that. I'm I'm the sheriff. I, I keep tricking myself into thinking, you know, someone else can do it, but then it comes back to me, no. No one else can do it. This town is finished. If I if I'm dead or missing or gone or anything. Has, could Val recall a time that Sheriff Cross has like freaked out or any of times that he's, because Sheriff Cross is a bruja, so I'm sure that he's had times like, how did he handle freaking out but also being the sheriff? Cross existed in in like a setup where he could get mad, but he was cold angry. Like it was very mm-hmm. different than anyone else you dealt with. He got quieter and then it would just be like, he's the dangerous guy where when his voice was not very kind, mm. people just shut the fuck up. Uh, he also had a level of authority that uh, at this point in New Haven is just like a fantasy. A, a leader of a clan has a problem. Sheriff Cross shows up. All of a sudden, they don't have a problem. They're just willing to leave because it's a kind of ruthless authority. But when he went off, it was he would store up the anger and then he would just fucking take it out on something else later. Um, if, if, we were, if we're looking at the mechanical compulsions, he would lean towards the one that requires you to do damage. And he would do the damage elsewhere instead of doing the damage in the thing that was there. Uh, he Was he occasionally really brutal with suspects? Yeah. That was where he could get away. Like, where he could quote-unquote get away with it in a way that would be horrifying for mortals and totally acceptable for vampires is like, oh, you're going out against Anarchs? Sure. 
go to fucking war, you can eliminate all of them and that's fine. You're going to fight the Sabbat who have a, like a thing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick down the door and kill everybody in the building. You have carte blanche to do those things. It was also something that he, you would have seen that very few people would have seen as him fully off the chain. Right, right. And I think Val just kind of leans her head in her hand and kind of scratches at her hair a bit thinking about that. Like, like that's not helpful because, yeah, Everett's position is not the same level of authority. And she just... Could you roll me a wits and awareness? Yeah. There it is. Uh, two successes. He doesn't have the same level of authority, but the other thing that he's missing right now that you can see based on that is he never has a time to let the aggression out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Val just... I... I hear you, and I know it's fucked up, the whole town and all the stuff riding on you. I get it. And it's been, like, (sighs) shit hasn't stopped. I get that. Like, you need to talk to Barty because you're still fucking living in this basement. Maybe if you had space for yourself or, I don't know, what the fuck do you do? Do you you like anything? (laughs) Wow, I think uh, I think the last time someone asked me that, I was still alive. Uh, do I like anything? Oh, I like. Uh, he like <laughs> looks at her just to kind of gauge how safe this space is. Bell <laughs> <laughs> is pretty blank. She's just like, yeah. <laughs> I like puzzles, solving problems, that kind of thing, using my brain. I like reading. Why? Well, you gotta have stuff besides this fucking job. No, I... <laughs> No, the job is, that's the whole thing, especially now. If it wasn't before, it is now. (laughs) All right, all right. So this is like, Val understands this. If you don't have anything outside the fucking job, you're on a straight road to becoming a fucking monster and not even a vampire anymore. So you got to find some fucking shit you like that makes this matter. That makes you able to come back from that shit. All right. All right, I guess I could work on that. Val, can you roll me a wits and awareness? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) One six, I just squeaked by with one. If you're old higher based on where your monologue was going, your epiphany would have been that he needs to make a friend in town. Uh, somebody so that the town would have a specific face. But with you having only rolled one success, you think he needs a pet. <laughs> to keep him grounded. You, you want to get a fucking dog or something like Clark? <laughs> what? Uh, 
There's a pet store. A dog? You think I should? Think I should get a dog? I'm. I i do not Do you like what pets? Do you like? I don't know. I've never <laughs> raised any animals or nothing. I've never taken care of a, any animals. This is uh This is a good idea then, huh? I'll uh adopt a dog or a cat or a bird or something and and then what? I'll I'll do fucking puzzles with it or something. I don't know. Bell's oh, <laughs> not okay. looking at her watch. <laughs> are, yeah. are we done here? Yeah, I think so. Thanks, Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can fucking we could do this again if we have to, I guess. Whatever. Bell's getting up. Val, you Val, you look down at your sheet and you can see that you're required to have four more sessions. <sighs> fucking check boxes. She's <laughs> filling out this stupid shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Val, I think uh I think the one session's enough. I thanks, but uh I think I think we're we're good, right? Val turns the paper to her <laughs> to 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 Everling. You you wanna disobey more rules? It's on fucking you. I don't give a shit. <sighs> Alright, I'll I'll give another shot, I guess. All right, Four good. more? Fuck. All right. <laughs> and yeah. that is is the end of the, the first of five therapy sessions. <laughs> Everett, your instructions from your therapist are to get a pet and do puzzles with it or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> That's the official ruling on session one of therapy. Um, <laughs> and you go upstairs. Where you find Vinland von Kindred waiting with a camera person set up with lights uh, at one of the desks that that would be a good staging position for it. But you just hear Barty saying, hey, you'll be okay or something. Bye. Uh, and then Troy comes back. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I just couldn't shit. Uh, and Barty's like, <laughs> oh, there's, there was a 911 came in. It wasn't a murder. And there's an address. I got to send a squad car. You, you got to go. You got to go. Uh, just a second. I do have to check Vinland's stats to see if. He has to do a roll to see if he's okay. fallen for this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Vinlin von Kindred <laughs> rolls a messy successy to try to figure out this mystery. And he's just like... I am aware of what you are all trying to do. You know the story that has appeared, and I, Vinland von Kindred, refuse to be fooled by this poop fake phone call fiasco. This just shows how guilty you are, Sheriff. You, trying to sell your closest friend to the prince, first of many, first of us all. How can we trust you in this city? And he holds the microphone out to you. Uh... Hi. I'm afraid we haven't been formally formally introduced. I'm the sheriff, and, and you are... Vinlin von Kindred, Ventru News. I covered your little hospital story. Though how much of that can be true after what we've all heard on News Haven, the New Haven podcast tonight? Wait, are you questioning your own reporting? 
No, I'm questioning you, sir. I will not be walked in a circle. Why have you attacked Harv from Zanies? Why are you dooming him to a hundred years of servitude to Lord Tostarosa? Um, I'm not. You I'm not doing anything of the club. Sword. And have forced him to breach his contract. A contract which was verified by the sheriff. We have all seen these overreaches before where crooked sheriffs prevent contracts from being met and then poor kindred are forced to serve for centuries at the behest of the prince or princess. We thought we were past these things with a universal basic income, but still it happens. Why, sir? Why? Well, I suppose I reject the question to begin with, uh, the premise that you're putting forward is not the truth. I know Harv. He and I go way back. Uh, I went to the club to talk to him and, well, you know, uh, sometimes as things can get between old friends, uh, tempers kind of got out of hand and, yeah, we roughed each other up a little bit, but if folk are scared of that, I, you know, that's just part and parcel of being a vampire sometimes. Just gotta let off a little steam and it's all right to do that with fellow kindred. Harv's still in town, Harv's still here. Yes, but his contract is, you're telling me you don't know any of this. Attacking an unarmed vampire because you dislike them while being the sheriff, perfectly legal. No one will have a problem with that. Val, can you roll me a wits and awareness? Everett, can you do me the same? Wits and awareness. Yes, please. Three successes from me. Two successes. All right, you're both aware that that's probably going to be a problem for the mortal members of the town, but Everett did yeah. specify kindred on kindred, so that's probably okay. Uh, and Vinland will just say, in the recording, you, uh, you were told that he could not, he said in his interview, that he could not afford to break the contract. Are you telling me you haven't read the contracts verified by your own department? If so, allow me to show you. Uh, and he presents a big, thick contract that he's printed out, and he flips through to the page, uh, and he just reads Consequences. <laughs> uh, and you can read it, uh, you can skim it if you want, but the information that you get is based on this page of this incredibly long, thick document is, should Har fail to perform any night of the two years that he is in New Haven, he has to pay Lord Tostarosa $10 million or serve him as a personal servant for a full century. Okay. Um... I'm trying to just quickly look through our notes for the name of the lawyer who visited. Alabaster Kane is Alabaster the Camarilla Kane. lawyer who is Camarilla in town. Camarilla lawyer, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm not about to drop his name on this fucking gotcha story news, but that's a guy that I want to keep in mind. <laughs> uh, uh, he is he is a well-known fixture in town. Again, he's the only Camarilla lawyer, and he makes a big deal out of everywhere he is. I will also flag, you can stop answering questions at any point and just shove this guy out of the station. You are the sheriff, and this is a kindred news thing. Like, this is not the traditional, oh, we have to handle it politically if you don't want to. So okay. just wanted to give you that as a thing. Barty and Troy are just 
terrified in the corner. They are not contributing anything. Bell is just standing there. Like, guard dog. She would definitely throw this guy out for you. Great. Everett clocks that. uh, And uh, he uh, takes the contract uh, and says, Can I keep this? Of course. Pretending you. you don't have your own on file. Classic crooked sheriff. How's this for classic crooked sheriff? Get the fuck out of my station. Well, I won't refuse an order from a sheriff, but I will be speaking to the prince. Benlin von Kindred, Ventru News. He just turns and yells into the camera and then <laughs> takes his camera guy out with him and exits. Sorry, Bart, I probably shouldn't have said that last part, but it seemed like he didn't really need me here for all the shit he was just going to say anyway. Yeah, no, he seemed okay, and then I was really trying to run a good con, but I, I need more planning time. I don't improvise well, so... Evangeline was trying to warn you. She's really good and smart. I fucked yeah. it up. Oh, no, it's all right. That was the uh, the bathroom thing. That was... Yeah, I was trying to send yeah, Troy away, right, but right. I have a peg leg, so I can't run very fast. And I'm going to guess your phone isn't on. No, I guess not. Uh, we were down in the basement, so I don't know if it'd matter anyway. Okay, yeah, so she, I guess she tried to call you. So I'm going to guess, based on the lawyer conversation, you didn't know about the contract? No, I did not. I was wondering if uh, we could get Alabaster Kane uh, shipped over here, you know, however he likes to travel <laughs> around, have a... Real vampire lawyer, take a look at this vampire contract. There's got to be some way we can get Harv out of this, right? I mean, he may not lack me very much right now, but I promise my heart's in the right place. I want him, I want him safe, and I want him secure. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I could sort that out. Uh, Val, something that is worth noting is you have a call about another thing that is going down tonight. Oh, and I don't that know. was going to be the next thing. Fabulous. She was oh to my bring God, I totally to forgot about that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, and Val will just... <clears throat> so there's another fucking thing tonight. Um, yeah. I got a call that apparently the fucking Note Nostra out of Calgary is going to stop by and drop drugs. Try and sell them to the community. Something VH, some... Terrible shit. So oh, I've got an hell. address. They're supposed to Note come at five a.m. Yeah, I got kind of a small thing going on with them back out Montreal way. I let me think on that for a second. Uh, how much time we got? Well, drop's supposed to happen at five a.m. So, so you've got a couple of hours, but the more time you have to set up, the more you know, the better positioned you'll be if you're actually trying yeah. to execute a bust. All right, well, we should get you down need, there. Uh, but uh, there's a question of uh, if they can should see my face and if they survive to report back, that might make problems for some friends of mine out east. Uh, can you roll me a wits and awareness, Everett? Yeah. Two successes. 
Uh, you have appeared on the news multiple times. So there is video of you that is circulating at least within New Haven. Not that it's being broadcast outwards, but I guess you're not yeah. exactly inconspicuous here. No, but I'm thinking of people that are coming into New Haven, like the Note Nostra, True. With the shipment. And they then may not have if access they are to allowed, the news feeds. Made allowed to leave, that would be a, a problem. That is possible, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Note Nostra. Let's load up with all our most potent anti vampire equipment and set up down there. You say you know where this drop is happening? Yep. Got an address. All right. Let's, uh, Where's Clark? Yeah, let's get her down there as well. Uh, see if Evangeline, Troy, can you... Uh, oh, just a quick question. Evangeline, after you sent the text, would you drive to the station or what would you have done? Uh, not having, I mean, not heard anything back. Uh, I think Evangeline would get on the radio uh, and be like, anyone have eyes on Sheriff Fry? Sheriff Fry, what's, what's your 20? Over. I mean, yeah, so I you, you radio, have to ask right? that a couple of times because this scene was happening live. Uh, and yeah. then Troy's like, <laughs> uh, Evangeline's on the radio asking how you're doing, Fry. Share, share, Fry. Oh, God. Oh, God. I said your last name as though it's just a name. I'm so sorry, Dad. I mean, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Troy. It's God. fine. Okay. The radio's for you. Takes a radio from him. Just kind of... What? <laughs> just... <laughs> Seeing the state he's in and the conversation he's just had, he wants to do something for this kid who seems to be just falling apart, just all nerves. So he just taps into the only thing he's got in his head right now, which is like, what do you lack, Troy? What do you lack to do? Uh, uh, I like spaghetti and I like turtles. All right, uh, uh, Bart, you think the station could sp spring for a free plate of spaghetti for Troy here at the end of his shift, let's say? I mean, if it's if it's an order, I mean, I can. He's pretty close to suspension, but I guess if you want to be generous. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, Troy, you're still, you're still under the gun with, you know, we can't have you making these kinds of mistakes at work and... For that reason, I want you to do what you can to relax a little bit. Come into the job with your head right. So I have some spaghetti. I can't. Actually, you know what? I am going somewhere where I might be able to get you a turtle later on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll see what I can do. Uh, I don't know. A turtle sounds like a lot of responsibility. Can we just stick with right, the spaghetti? All right, then just the spaghetti. Yeah, Thank you. fine. There are so I, this many is like cats more upstairs. time. So more many cats I have to look after. <laughs> this is more time. I never wanted to dedicate to this. So he's already just like, yeah, fine. Just the spaghetti. Great. There's a drug deal going down. Why <laughs> oh, do you need us to mount up? Yeah, I do. You just hear like static from the walkie. <laughs> yeah, just, and he just reaches for the radio. It says, uh, uh, come in, Clark. This is uh, Sheriff Fry. Uh, uh, Sheriff, what's your situation? Not knowing if... Uh, Von Kindred is still there. Over. <laughs> Into I the lot. Over. <laughs> I hope you smoothed everything over with that congregation, because uh, we're going to need all hands on deck uh, out in the, uh, was it the Gangrel Quarter? Mm -hmm. Yep, Gangrel Quarter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Specifically, 
Orville Road. That's the name I picked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're going to need all hands on deck out in the gangrel quarter. Uh, Some some street called Orville Road is a uh, drug deal going on. The uh, Note Nostra coming into New Haven looking to do a shipment. So I'm telling everyone here to bring their most lethal gear. So get ready to put put some folk down tonight. Says, ah, shit. Uh, and no, didn't smooth things over exactly. Did you do the interview? I did. So it sounds like we both, uh, well, it looks at Troy, shit the bed. I'll, I'll meet you at Orville Road. Over. Yeah. Great. Evangeline is heading over in a squad car. Uh, you have squad cars. You have one unmarked squad car that you can take. And you also have the sheriff's car. Uh, the, like daytime Sheriff Barty's car. Mm. That is just a regular car. It's not an unmarked police car. It's just a <laughs> car. If you wanted to take stuff that might look less conspicuous being in the area. We'll definitely want the unmarked cars, I would say. Yep. Great. For, for busting a, a drug deal, yeah. Yep. So you guys are uh, equipped for that. You've got stakes. You've got your weapons. One of the challenges is there there has been an extreme shortage of silver bullets. You've had multiple Mm. shipments that have been subverted on the way to town. Probably the greatest theory is by the Note Nostra, who, again, are having their own civil war in Calgary that you're aware of here. So it means silver bullets are not available. The last ones you had were in your guns during the time of the explosion. Those weapons did not survive, so you've all had replacement weapons issued. Yeah. So you've got your stakes, you've got your guns. Are there any other specific tools you would want to bring for vampire hunting? For uh, the only people who can answer this are Everett and Val, because Evangeline is in a squad car, so you could bring her something, but she's just got the traditional kind of like shotgun some probably along the lines of an AR-15 because you guys are much more tanky cops than usual cops in a vehicle, handgun, that kind of thing. The only thing I think that Val would bring extra if we're thinking about busting these drugs is like uh, those strips that go on the 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 strips that go on the road. The, the like spike oh, strips? Yeah. Spike strips oh, to, yeah, nice. to stop cars so they could probably put up a blockade or whatever on the way in. So yeah. if that if they try, if they try to run, they can stop them. Does Great. the so, yeah, uh, you'll have those for sure. Does the the sheriff's department have like a tactical armored vehicle or no? Uh, no, not currently. Okay. Uh, you do have a rather large discretionary fund, which Barty has spoken about previously. It's traditionally used for repairing things in town, other damages that come across as part of the duties. If that's something that you want to order, that is something that you can look into. It will just take a chunk out of that discretionary funding. Right, yeah. It is not limitless. It is very large, but not limitless. Well, it's it's primarily a spaghetti fund. Um, <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. it. And a spaghetti <laughs> fund and turtle support. Those are the yes. two things. That, uh, <laughs> um. All right, then I, yeah, it's not ideal, but it's, I think the best we can do on short notice. I can't think of anything else to bring. Do you want to bring Troy and Barty for this, or are you going to leave them at the station? Troy, Troy and Barty, no, I don't think either one of them. One is just a wreck. Uh, And the other one, uh, honestly, (laughs) I depend on Barty too much. (laughs) 
<laughs> to to risk him like i can't mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, yeah so one's a liability the other one is too too precious and too fragile to to lose given the the players tonight that is reasonable uh you've got the three of you doris is mia uh, you would also theoretically, you would be aware of this, Sheriff, because Barty would let you know, you could call in reinforcements from anyone else you know in town if you wanted to deputize someone for this specific bust. You don't have to. You may not want to bring another chaotic element into this, but you could deputize somebody if you wanted to, to put more kind of boots on the ground. I was just trying to think of anyone who's been wanting to get on my good side, but it's mostly people who seem like they openly want to subvert my authority. So, <laughs> um, Of all the people who are around, uh, Kevin LaFleur and Lorcan, who are the Gangrel mm. heads, you did rescue Lorcan over the assault uh, by Esme and the children of Lilith. So Kevin is not actively hostile towards you, nor is Lorcan currently. Yeah, okay. They're actually, of all of them, they're probably the ones that are in the best position with you. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, I think that's probably a good idea to deputize a few more people just for tonight because it really is just the three of us rolling down to, we don't know how, what the numbers are or anything like that. I mean, certainly enough, yeah. enough guns and muscle on hand to exchange a shipment of drugs. So, Yeah. All right. So you put in a call, or actually, let's let's do a roll for this. Could you give me a roll of? I would accept charisma, or manipulation, depending on how you wanted to do it, or just wits if you're trying to be clever through the conversation, and then either etiquette if you're trying to be polite, um, or persuasion if you're trying to convince him to to give you some people. I think um, I think etiquette and charisma. Um, Everett knows he doesn't have the kind of like guile necessary to, you know, manipulate people or anything like that. He's just trying to come at these folks as straight as possible. Like, I I need you. I've helped you in the past. Can you lend some help? Yeah. Great. So that is two successes. Great. You receive two uh, vampires who will be seconded to your force that have been handed over by Kevin and Lorcan. Uh, they are assigning you two gangrels. There is one named Adela and another named Dorinda, and they will meet you at the scene. Uh, Kevin and Lorcan both vouch for uh, these two ladies as thoroughly capable uh, to be useful. So if you need them in a gunfight, that's cool. But if you need them to do something else, you could trust them a shitload more than Troy, realistically. So okay. they'll, they'll meet you on scene. Great. Uh, then, yeah, I think that's basically all all we can do. Um, Everett will head outside and is expecting to see Cherry in the parking lot. And Belle uh, is walking to an unmarked <laughs> police cruiser. Uh, Officer Miller, uh, where's your car? I think Val forgot about it momentarily. <laughs> she just, just like a, a shoulder sh- shudder. And then, my son wanted to fucking borrow it. Come on, let's go. Wow, well, all right. 
know, join join her over in the unmarked vehicle. Yep. So you you all make your way to Orville Road in the Gangrel Quarter. Uh, Everett and Val, you've already had a talk. Is this a silent car ride? Is there anything that is said on this car ride? Val prefers the silent car ride. So it would be. I don't know if the radio is even on or works in this car. I don't think she's has the capabilities to even play with any of that right now. It's just like hmm. business, being very prepared and looking out thinking about what they should do. Yeah, I think under different circumstances, Everett might be a little more chatty, but we are driving out to a pretty dangerous situation. So I think he's trying to embrace the silence as a way to kind of get his head in the game too. Yeah. Great. You arrive at Orville Road, as I had described, it is a, a rundown warehousey district right at the edge of town. So there is a road, there are many parking lots. Uh, based on the address that you were given, Val, it appears that this meet is taking place in between two kind of collapsing warehouses in a, a an open parking lot. Uh, the the, there are street lights that cast a little bit of light onto the lot, not a lot. It's more than enough for any sort of vampiric dealing, no question. Uh, the, the street itself is lined with other collapsing and run-down buildings. And on the far side of the parking lot is just tall grass. It's just an open field that has nothing growing, but it's it, like nothing, I mean, in terms of crops or any kind of like actual irrigation, it's just the chaos of tall grass. Uh, that is there. So for people who are coming in, they're going to have to drive up the street to park in the lot unless they've got something else. Uh, and you've got multiple vantage points for ways you could set this up for uh, a takedown or not. When you arrive, uh, obviously you've got the squad car. You have your unmarked car. The three of you are there. And then you're greeted uh, by Adela and Dorinda, who are both, I would describe as shaggy special forces, is what you were thinking. They are anybody that you would see as kind of special forces, lanky, muscly, very put together. They're both carrying, uh, well, one's carrying a shotgun and the other's carrying a rifle. Uh, very long hair, unkempt, but like highly organized. They move very fluidly. Uh you would have expected this, Val, but Everett and Evangeline, can you roll me wits and awareness? Yep. I think Val would just give them like the the sup nod to <laughs> <laughs> those ladies. Two successes. Yes, two successes. Uh three successes. Excuse me. Hey. Evangeline, you drove in and it just seemed like kind of a rundown neighborhood. Uh so these people kind of materialize out of nowhere and it's surprising, but not necessarily scary. You've met other gangrels. Mm -hmm. Like you're aware of what this culture is very vaguely from an outsider, not really raised in it kind of way. Everett on the way in, you spotted what Evangeline didn't as you were looking at the window, which is there are a lot of gangrels just running around at night in alleys on rooftops and elsewhere. They have a feeling in some cases of wolf packs, just kind of going through the darkness, the glowing eyes that you can catch occasionally, or individual cats. There isn't a sense of direct menace from any of them. They're clearly all predators you've seen kind of within the ruins of this area. But there is a sense that, like, they're watching the streets in a way that the other districts don't. Hmm. There is an animalistic sense of like it could turn to violence should you like fuck around with their shit. And it's not clear how their territory is marked to you. Clearly, there's an internal logic to this space. But unless you are running with these packs, you won't know it. Um, 
It's, uh, it's not a sense of menace that I think would would bother you terribly, but you would know that like the other three felt like cities and the vampires are kind of living a city life. This is mm-hmm. clearly the, the industrial ruins. It feels like any of like The Last of Us where it was a city 10 years ago and it has been sure. given to nature. Um, I think with the knowledge that we are being watched, um, uh, um, and, I would say uh, it is much lessened towards the limits. The only people mm-hmm. that you saw on like this block were Adela and Dorinda. You also get the sense that the gangrels may have pulled stuff back. If you said there was going to be a police action, they're not going to leave non-combatants hanging That's around. That's what I wanted to make sure of. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask if Adela and Dorinda were able to signal to anyone watching us that this is a dangerous place for tonight or something like that. But if that's kind of taken care of itself by way of me reaching out. I mean, um, you, you haven't seen anyone, but that's a very realistic thing. So I'd say there, there's enough time kind of for each of you to do one action to either change or study the area in a specific way. And then we'll just get into your setup and then you'll have to move forward. So ever. Yeah. If you want to make sure that there are kind of no non-combatants, there's nobody who would be at risk in this neighborhood. That's yeah. definitely a good one. And I'd say, yeah, you can put Adela and Dorinda on that. So, but both of them will go and kind of clear out the area and get people away. Uh, ever so ever, you still have an action. So what does each of you want to do to prep for this? Uh, Evangeline is going to park her squad car like in an alley, just uh, uh, like kind of a block up, like away mm-hmm. from the main buildings where the drop is going down. Um, just out of sight, obviously, <laughs> to not spook anyone away, but uh, easily accessible enough. Um, and then she wants to see, uh, have a look around the perimeter of the buildings to see um, any potentially like half hidden points of entry or escape that could be used. Excellent. Val, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking just gauging where on the streets, like if they're coming from the outskirts, where they would be coming in, and then trying to look at the other streets and block some of them off with the like strips. Basically, to try and prevent if they run and run in a van, if they try to get further into the town, that they will get stopped. Because we don't want another van chase through town. We just we don't. Yeah. yeah, so the nice thing is, because this is the outside of town, it's basically... There's an H worth of streets. You guys are in the center of the H. You can kind of go right or left. And then there are two lanes directly out of town and two lanes towards down. Like, sorry, not two Mm. lanes, but they're kind of like you're going either left or right. And then you go out of town or into town Mm. or you keep chasing the circle. Mm -hmm. So when you're saying you want to put those strips, are they on kind of the inside of the H? So there's no way out without a strip? Or do you just want to move them kind of further down so you just they can't get into town, but they have room to run? Yeah, I think it will. She wouldn't have be able to put them because they would get stopped before they even came in. So I think it's stopping those uh, further the nice streets thing in. Is, weirdly, because I'm obsessed with police technology, uh, a lot of the spike strips can actually be thrown. So you can actually use them in a police chase where it's a high speed chase to throw it out over the alleyway. They pop and you yank it back and other cop cars can keep going. So it is possible to have them only deployed after a certain point. Right, right. I think it'll just be a setup of that may not actually be useful, but it's just a deterrent if they run. Okay. So, realistically, that's probably what Adela and Dorinda are on, is there the spike go. strips to throw those out for you. Yeah. On the, the in, so like the center bar of the H, functionally, is just, so if right. they try to bail, I think that would options. be good, good to set up there, because otherwise we want to let them get in and, like, leaving most of the planning to Sheriff Fry, but it's 
it's going to be easier to deal with them if they're, they're not running <laughs> in the van. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Evangeline, can you roll me a wits and awareness, or I would accept uh, wits or intelligence and investigation? Um, let's do intelligence and investigation for this one. Great. Two successes. Two successes. At least I'm consistent. <laughs> that is true. Uh, there are obvious holes and entrances into the warehouses on either side of this parking lot. There's nowhere that you could see where they would be able to drive a vehicle through within these buildings um, or where they could really melt away terribly far. Uh, you get the sense that like between Val, Adela, Dorinda, yourself and Sheriff Fry, if somebody tries to book it on foot, you've got pretty good odds of being able to catch somebody even in this environment. Yeah. But the thing that you will notice with your two successes is if they are paranoid about this, they could very well send somebody up into either of these buildings to do an overwatch on the parking lot. So if yeah. you set up somebody in the like windows right next to it to storm out, you could get counter stormed or discovered if you're right on top of the meat. Right. We'll have to set up further away then. There's plenty of abandoned buildings though, right? Yeah, yeah, again, yeah. so if we're looking at this kind of central bar of the H, the meet is taking place on a, a parking lot, which is roughly the size of, of one of these kind of warehouses, mm -hmm. and then there are collapsed warehouses on either side. And the other side of the street, so if we're saying like north side is parking lot with those, yep. the south side of the street is also all collapsing warehouses. Um, they're not technically linked, but there's so many holes in all the buildings that you can basically walk between these. They're, they're very closely put together, very industrial. Or at least were before now. Industry has been claimed by nature. Chef Rye, what would you like to do to prep? I actually kind of wanted to do a little bit of uh, what we've already covered, which is really handy. So I'm just trying to figure out how to best use my brain. Um, Well, okay. Well, one thing I'd want to take the time to do is to kind of communicate what the mission is tonight so that everyone has the same like expectations of mm -hmm. how I think to rules of engagement is a great thing for, yeah. for you to have like thought about and defined. So the big question for you then in terms of strategy before the actual like pep talk decision-making is do you want anyone alive? Uh, generally speaking, Camarilla don't. Um, do you like? Do you care about catching just the drug dealers? Do you want to catch the local source as well? Like, what information do you want? And kind of then it's structuring this around who you're trying to catch alive or just wipe out or what is the plan in that regard? Those are kind of the big yeah cues. Uh, the goal for tonight is uh, containment, um, meaning like no note nostra outsiders leave New Haven, leave this spot, and that means like scorched earth if if needs be kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't need a witness if it, oh, sorry, I don't need a suspect to like question or anything like that if it means we hand, we we locked this down tonight kind of thing. Locals mm -hmm. um, who are uh, uh, like local to New Haven, if they get away, not the end of the world. If it means, if you're running down a Note Nostra and a, and a, a local, go for the Note Nostra kind of thing if they split. That's okay. Like, so local just source, to squash local this. source can be caught alive. All that kind of they stuff. They can be investigated, right? They're here. Yeah. 
Yeah. Everybody else, fuck them. They die. Yeah. Yeah. Valid. That is an excellent rule of engagement that everyone will be yeah. very clear on. There's no rolling Perfect. for confusion about that. Adela and Dorinda understand the rules. Awesome. They're on board. Do um, we know the locals well enough to know, to be able to know who would be local and who would be Node Nostra? You would know the major players. Again, there are only 160-ish vampires in town. You won't necessarily know all the members of the pyramid. You won't necessarily know all the members, like yeah. the mortal people. There's no way you can keep track of thousands of mortals. Um, but uh, if there's someone politically, this is going to sound really callous, but uh, Camarils are really callous. If there's someone politically important, you would be aware of them. Um, yeah. If they're not, they are breaching the laws and 100% you are legally in the right to be able to just scorched earth whoever's coming in. Like, it's very much part of a, you don't get to risk the society here. Functionally, like dealing with outsiders or doing anything that could break okay. the balance internally is considered a masquerade breach. So okay. doesn't so matter if you're mortal So we're assuming Nostra are just, the people coming in is all Noti Nostra. Whoever's bringing VH yeah. is bad. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Uh, all right, so where are you going to position yourselves for this bust? This is a parking lot. Does it have some cars in it already? Uh, it is Sporadically empty. Parked. This is a completely abandoned okay. street. It's at the edge. So then, Even the gangrels don't really, like, hunker down here. Uh, your the Adela and Dorinda basically, over the whole kind of block and a half radius, found two gangrels who were just, like, sitting smoking. Like, it's really, this is where, like, the teenagers go that adults don't give a shit about in terms of <laughs> gangrel quarter. Based on my read um, of this place does it seem like the deal is going to take place in the parking lot in the open or in one of the warehouses based on the address it's of... going to take place in the parking lot people oh, don't okay. want to step into a warehouse where anybody could hide people all around them so it's kind of like yeah. you you risk law enforcement attention but the idea is like get in and out quick nobody can fuck each other over without everybody eating it yeah okay also you haven't dealt with a lot of vampire criminals but they do not have the same fears as mortal criminals sure okay uh, Officer Miller, uh, I'm uh, somewhat keen to uh, put you as close as to as as close to this deal as possible, so that you can play to your strengths. If that works for you, um, trying to figure out where we could place you to get in get into this deal. It's going to happen in the parking lot here. I su suspect. Uh, I don't think. Leaving one of our unmarked cars here would be a good idea since it'd be the only goddamn car in the parking lot. Draw a lot of attention. Yeah, that's true. Oh, look, is there just like trash or like a, a pieces of wood or something that she could just hide under? I was gonna say, somewhere. there is a lot of fucking tall grass just on yeah. the other side of the parking lot where you could okay. definitely go and crouch down and be out of sight. Because the other thing vampires have that regular human bodies don't is, it doesn't matter if you're contorted in a position for eight hours. It doesn't mm -hmm. cause you any physical pain. Mm. Yeah, well, I can just hide close by and you can just radio me when you want me to strike. Your signal to strike, to close in and do your work is going to be when I open fire on them from over there. And I basically gesture to, I think, probably a warehouse um, that is not uh, directly across, just so that 
crossfire doesn't happen to impede um, Val, but I basically want to provide ample distraction for her to close and really put the hurt on these guys. Great. So if we're saying the parking lot is north on this kind of like straight street, mm-hmm. then yeah. you're not in like the warehouse directly south of the parking lot. You I'd are east kind or of west. Yeah. Southeast or west. Do you have a preference just for my brain so I can track it? Uh, east. Great. So you're southeast. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to draw myself a little map so I can keep track of all this. On the other side of the street? Yeah. Other side of the parking lot. Yeah. Great. Adela, uh, Adela will be one building to your right, so further east, uh, Everett, just so you know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorinda will be kind of the opposite, the same amount, so you've got even yeah. coverage on both sides. Uh, Evangeline, where do you want to be placed? Um, I would like to be... Is there a place I can get to that has, like, eyes on the parking lot and can see down uh, the streets just so I, if I can call out if anyone is making a run for it. Um, yes, there are plenty of places where that could occur. Uh, do you want to be, for example, balancing Everett kind of on Dorinda's side so you could pursue someone going that way sure. or do you want to be yeah. positioned with Everett so you can kind of like combine firepower? Um, no, I, I wouldn't right. want to draw their fire all to one spot. Yep, that makes sense. Okay, so from the parking lot to the north of the parking lot, we have Val hiding in the grass. South of the parking lot, there is an empty warehouse. To the left of it is our friend Evangeline. To the right is Everett. And then one over from each of them are Adela and Dorinda with the spike strips to guarantee that nobody can drive away uh, in that. That all makes sense. Uh, You all have your radios on. Everett has said everybody opens fire when he opens fire, but you do have radios that you are all listening to should that situation change because we've all learned what it's like to be out of communication after an exploding (laughs) van. Uh, And you all hunker down to wait uh, and it is several hours. You've gotten into position early. Everything has been disguised and hidden away in appropriate ways. Uh, and right on time, two minutes to five, you see a, a large uh, all-terrain vehicle Jeep, uh, the, the classic kind of armored Hummer car, uh, followed by a, a full traditional kind of freezer truck you'd see with the kind of butcher store logo on the side that is following it. They are coming from the east, they drive along, pull into the parking lot. Uh, the the Hummer is ends up hidden from view from Evangeline and Everett because it's parked on the far side of the butcher shop vehicle, mm. which is parked with its front end facing east and its back end facing west where they've clearly left space for whoever else is coming to join this party. Uh, do you have any reactions at this point? Or are you holding to wait for whoever is coming to meet them? Holding. Great. Uh, So you hold in position, uh, and then a car you can see coming in from the distance uh, with the headlights on, uh, and it drives in from the west. It's driving east. It pulls into the parking lot, and as it passes under a street lamp, you are all shocked to see that it is Cherry. 
This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan Laplante at The Ryan Laplante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D E L B O R O V I C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J A H Z Z A R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Alan, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick. D&D and Things, Norma Byers. Schrodinger's Pepper. Guy Edwards. Flea Unit. Madre de Gatos. And Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.